Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, the world has still gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still buddy cats. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cats. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Well, it's Thursday, and you know what that means. Another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a special buddy. I met her through Little People of America. It is my buddy, Elena. How are you doing today? Good. I'm very well. How are you? Doing excellent. Thanks for stopping on the show. No, thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. So let's start off with this question. You recently contributed to a book about parenting. Could you tell us more about this book? Yeah. So I contributed to a book. It The name is called Special Delivery from pregnancy to toddlerhood and the book is about contributing stories to being a parent with a child of dwarfism so mm. myself and my 12 other co-authors we all picked a glimpse kind of of what it's like to have a child with dwarfism and we shared um, a story between that time frame between pregnancy and toddlerhood and some of the parents they're actually they have older children so they're like reflecting back on stories my daughter who has dwarfism her name's riley she has achondroplasia she is almost three and that is the most common form of dwarfism so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it <laughs> nice nice tell us do you mind sharing your story about your daughter a little bit like when you found out she was gonna um have dwarfism or anything like that like yeah so i had a unique situation when i found out my daughter had dwarfism um because i know some parents they don't actually know right away so for example it often it can be caught like when at like your 20 week ultrasound or early in your pregnancy or or it'll be caught way after the fact like it could be like your child's three years old and you still don't have a diagnosis. They just know something's not right. So for me, um, I actually found out when I was, it was right before I was about to deliver my daughter. Um, I had to have an ultrasound. It was like around 36 weeks and everything was a normal pregnancy up until then. And I found out that her, her long bones, which was her thigh bone. And then I don't know what that, that bone's called. <laughs> um, they were in the sixth percentile. So it kind of like was like a suspicion of achondroplasia, but I thought nothing of it, honestly, at the time, because I, I didn't even know what these people were talking about. Um, 
And I kind of just thought they were just, you know, kind of covering all their bases and whatnot. But after my daughter was born, they took her DNA um, within 24 hours. And then a month after that, so my, my daughter was now a month old. That was when I received confirmed DNA results. Um, and I was definitely shocked and <laughs> very blown away. Did not see that one coming. Because um, when your child's born, they they look like usually any other child that that's born. I mean, it's nothing noticeable whatsoever. Um, it's just as time goes on, it becomes noticeable. Awesome. You know, that's it truly, you are exactly right. It's either automatically or it's something down the road. Like with my parents, we didn't know until I was three years old, you know, mm -hmm. they had some suspicion of something like it, it's definitely a form of dwarfism, but I don't think it's achondroplasia. I think it's something else. Like, I think it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know. And then it turned out to be hypochondroplasia. I always tell my friends, spell that 50 times so I don't you, you know? So, um, how has having a daughter with dwarfism um, impacted your life? Like, what's in so in the good ways? You know, like how has it changed your perspective or brought you closer to people? It's it's definitely changed my perspective in a lot of ways. Um, it's made me think a lot, kind of like before I speak, I guess you could say. You know, mm -hmm. I've I've never been someone to like judge someone just because that's how I've been raised you know you could you could be in a wheelchair you could be you know colored it doesn't matter you're still a person I, I would treat you all the same and that was before I had a daughter with dwarfism but after having a daughter with dwarfism and the looks people give you the comments they make they kind of like has really taught me to see things differently it's like it really kind of is like you're in a you're in a different world completely um mm -hmm. and it, yeah so it definitely makes me think twice before I speak to people or I try to think like, what, what could they be thinking by how I said something? Like, how could they be interpreting it? Um, so I'm definitely, I would say a lot more courteous, I guess you could say, and more thoughtful. Of course, of course. Cause you never know until it truly, until you're truly in their shoes, you never know the impact, you know, you never know like, Hey, you know, you're just walking down the street and you see someone with, you know, a disability or something. What if that was your child one day, you know? Mm -hmm. So October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. To spread more awareness, how do you think your part of the book can accomplish that goal of spreading awareness? So I think it's going to spread awareness, and I'm really hoping that it touches some new parents of dwarfism or even some that, you know, are new and they haven't been able to connect with other, you know, people within the little people community, because maybe, maybe they had their child during the pandemic and, you know, there's no events or anything going on. Um, but I think it's just really good overall, just to add perspective, honestly, for everyone, um, whether you're a parent with a child with dwarfism or not, I think a lot of people just don't understand. And I think a lot of like myself and my co-authors were like, we're putting basically facts in like in a book like this is this is a real story it's not something you just look up on google um so i don't know i think this is a book that i definitely would have wanted um and i think uh, a lot of good things are going to come from it for sure um mm -hmm. i like that a lot because you're right it shares perspective it shares like this is what my life is like mm -hmm. so um 
where was I going? There was one question I had before that I... Excuse me one second. Whoop. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Gave me time to think for a second. So what... Oh, yeah. Going back, what inspired you to contribute to this book? What was the ultimate motivation of I have to get my story out? So it was definitely had to do with... I had nothing. I mean, I, I basically had Google. I had medical research on Google. I had nothing that I could relate to. Um, so I kind of felt like I was going through the process alone. I didn't really, I had no resources. So to me, this book is like a tool for someone that will hopefully help them and, you know, make sure that they know that, you know, other people understand. Um, and it, because you really, it's like you're on a remote Island, honestly, like people can say they understand, but they, but they really don't. Um, so to me, I want to help someone who potentially is in my shoes or going to be in my shoes um, and kind of share perspective and just let them know that, you know, it's going to be okay in due time. No one said it was going to be easy though. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And have you been able to connect with other parents through, that have children with dwarfism and share experiences or share stories or share like advice or anything like that? So I, we have not shared stories yet. And that's why I'm so anxious for this book to be released actually tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's being released tomorrow. Um, but the one thing I can say is when I listen to my co-authors who speak, who do have children with dwarfism, the things they say, it's, it's, it's like heartwarming because it's like, wow, so that happened to you too? No way, me also. Or, or, or it's like, oh, so how I feel that that was, that was normal to feel that way. You know, so it's definitely, it's great to have those connections with other parents of, you know, dwarfism, other parents who have children with dwarfism. But additionally, throughout this entire project, I have met some wonderful, wonderful ladies. Like, and they're, they're little people too. Uh, they're little ladies. They actually, so there's a sister book um, because the book I'm contributing to is part of a a little perspective series. So the first book was already released last month and that was nine little ladies. And that book has nine stories from ladies of all different ages. Like there's someone who's 18, there's someone, you know, in their forties, there's someone in their thirties. So they're sharing real life stories too. And to me, I found that amazing because that's something I can even give to Riley someday, my daughter, you know, like, mm -hmm. That way she can see like, hey, you know, these other little ladies, you know, they had some hard times too. And also we all leave our um, contact information, most of us like in our bios within the book. So mm. we're actually allowing people to even contact us, you know, to connect with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And real quick, where can we find this book? So this book right now I'm taking pre-orders. Um, I have a jot form created. Um, I accept PayPal or um, debit or credit cards. I will be ordering the books, I think within the next two days or so. And then I think it takes like two to three weeks for them to arrive and then I'll mail them all out. Um, but tomorrow is the release date and I'm super pumped. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So give us an update. How's Riley doing today? What's, what's going on with you guys? So she is actually doing fantastic. So she definitely gave me a run for my money in the beginning when she was born. But the past like year and a half or so, she's turned into a total toddler. Um, getting mm -hmm. in trouble, all for being independent. Um, she's healthy, well. Um, she she loves Cocomelon. Any parent has to know what Cocomelon is, let me just tell you. And oh, yeah. 
like, oh my goodness, like who thought of this? Um, that guy's got to be a millionaire, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> got to be um, a millionaire and probably one of the most like hated people on earth or something, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Around Christmas time, there was this JJ Coca Melon doll. It would sell out. People would when they when they actually bought it, they were like selling it on eBay and like selling it for like forty dollars more. It's crazy. Yeah, the, I mean, Coca Melon is where it's at these days. If you have a kid, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but yeah, she's fun. She she loves you know anything just like any other toddler. She loves going outside, coloring, drawing, whatever. <laughs> Mm hmm. Now, earlier you mentioned about being a parent with a child with dwarfism. How has being a parent in general just shaped your life? Like, how has it like changed your perspective or whatnot? Um, hmm. to think. <laughs> um, it definitely makes you less selfish. I will tell you that. I feel like my daughter gets all my money now. I, <laughs> it's like I can't go anywhere without buying or something. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's hard to relate to because I only have Riley, um, but some of these uh, other parents within this book, um, they actually have an average height child and a child with dwarfism. So they actually have, you know, two different perspectives um, in the sense of what it's like to raise a average height child versus, you know, a, a child with dwarfism. For me, honestly, all I kind of know is a child with dwarfism. <laughs> Um, hey, that's, that's all there is sometimes, you know, sometimes it's all about just, you know, there's your child and there's my child. Every different, every experience is different as much as they're the same, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like, you know, as much as their children, as much as there's death in the world, every death is pretty much the same, but also a lot different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everyone experiences a loss, but you know how to experience this loss, like the loss of this person. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, sharing your topics. I've got um, three questions slash three and a half because I, I'm splitting the last one in a, in half for you. The or I'm making it two parts. The first one is this show is all about being buddies. You know, you're an official buddy on BuddyCast. You're not a guest. You're a buddy. <laughs> so in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? So to me, a buddy would be like being someone's friend. Um, obviously, I think that's the simplest way to put it. But also, you know, just having someone that you can connect with um, and talk to, um, maybe have a cup of coffee with, um, or even it could just be like, I don't know, you could be at Dunkin' Donuts and just strike up a conversation with someone. Um, yeah, so just being a friend. Awesome. Now, part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? So I would definitely say Little People of America. And I would just like to say I am not saying that because my daughter is dwarfism. So believe it or not, I'll, no one ding me when I say this. But before I even had a child with dwarfism, <laughs> um, whenever I would go to a cash register, if it was like a common cause... If it was a common cause that they were asking me to like round up for, I would typically be like, oh, no, thanks. But if I was at a cash register and I heard of any type of organization where I was like, what the heck is that? I'd be like, oh, yeah, round up. And I'd probably add a few bucks um, because I think it's the awarenesses that, you know, that are not well known that need to be more recognized. Um, so to me, I mean, I didn't even know Little People of America existed until I had a child with dwarfism. 
and you know, I, I would love to go somewhere and, you know, someone asked me to donate for a cause like little people of America or, you know, something else where it's not common. I haven't heard of it. Um, so that would definitely be why. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a quick follow-up has you mentioned little people of America has played a part in your life. How has it like helped you? Has it helped you in ways with like having a daughter with dwarfism or just like having that support system that you mentioned having like an organization there that knows you know that knows your situation it's definitely been the, the best blessing ever to become connected with little people of america and just having resources um even the past two years because there wasn't a national conference they did the virtual palooza and you know i love getting on and you know listening to other people talk and I, I've loved connecting with people through social media and whatnot. It's been it's been great. It's actually it's 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 great to connect with people who they they actually get it. Like they they're not someone where they're like, oh, I understand, but they don't have a child with dwarfism. It's like how how can you understand? Or they're not a little person themselves. So it and it's not to say those people can't ever understand. They definitely can. Um, and hence the book. <laughs> um, so yeah. I love Little People of America. I'm so glad I connected with them. It was actually right before the pandemic, too. So I was fortunate. I actually got to go to a Little People of America Christmas party. Nick, I know you did something in Erie for a build-up mm -hmm. pass, recognizing, you know, October as Dwarfism Awareness Month in PA. So, yeah, it's been great. Amazing. Amazing. Now it's time for what we call the Ultimate Buddy Cast Buddy Question, where I'm going to ask you for some advice. I'm going to ask you for multiple pieces of advice, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. The first one is for anyone out there listening who wants to be an author or contribute to a book, what advice do you have for them? So the advice I would give, at least in my situation, would be make sure it's something you're involved and engaged in. Because um, to be frank, I don't think I could have contributed a chapter in any other book. But you know, I, I'm living with a child with dwarfism, dwarfism every day. I'm within the groups, you know, I feel like I know it like the back of my hand. And it was something I feel I was passionate about sharing. So I think as long as you're involved in within like some kind of topic or field, then that I think that would be the best way to contribute to a book. Because I, I don't think I could have wrote in any other book on any other topic. <laughs> Beautiful. And now... Speaking for this is the advice I am most curious about. Let's say there's a parent out there who's totally new to something like a, I don't want to say difference in a child, but something unique about a child, dwarfism, autism, just something that makes their child stand out a lot of times in a good way, you know, but they're new to it. They This is a whole new world to them, a whole new ballpark, kind of like what it was with you, you know, what advice do you have for them? So some of the best advice I could give from my experience would be not to compare your journey with your child, no matter what special need it is, to another child. I mean, social media these days, they're filled with so many things. I mean, I've looked online and it's like all these parents are buying their kids like these three, $400 chairs. And I'm like, do I have to buy that for Riley? Like, what is all this stuff? Like, or you have people where they're putting up social media accounts of their child and like they have advocacy like all over, like every day of the week, like, like your child is like not even one, like shouldn't you wait to give them that? Like when they're like, I don't know, 13, 
Um, but you have to do what is best for you. So even if it is a social media account, go do it for your child. If it makes you a better parent, go do it. So I would say for me, definitely do what is best for you and do it at your own pace. Because the one thing that, you know, I'll be, I'll be very honest. I was very frustrated about, um, because I had an early diagnosis because I knew within a month of Riley being born, I was very pressured, um, to, you know, like to talk about it, to tell people. And it was like, people thought I was like keeping a secret who, who I had told, um, just tell people when you're ready. Don't feel pressured to just tell people. Um, because for me, I honestly, I didn't come out and just like shout it to the world the second I knew because I didn't know anything about achondroplasia. For me to literally say anything ab about my daughter having achondroplasia at that time, I mean, it'd be equivalent to me breaking my leg. Everyone would be asking me over and over again. And guess what? When I eventually did tell everyone about Riley, oh my goodness. I, it was like breaking my leg. Everyone kept asking and asking and asking. So at least when they asked, I actually knew what I knew somewhat what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but, and then also, you know, if you feel alone, don't hesitate to contact other people. So it could be, you know, a parent with dwarfism who's average height. It could be another little person. Um, just, you're not alone. There's, there's resources and connections out there. And whenever you're ready, um, I know everyone would be, coming to you with open arms <laughs> yes hey one of my favorite quotes on this show is by c.s lewis true friendship is born when one friend says to another wait you too i thought i was the only one so true you never you never know who you're going to impact next mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing your story thank you so much for telling us about the book and just helping us spread awareness during dwarfism awareness month yes my viewers October is back. It's Dwarfism Awareness Month. So thank you so incredibly much for sharing your journey with us. It was an honor speaking to you. You too. Thank you. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy Elena. Um, catch her, you know, look for her book. I'm sure we will, me and Jess will be looking for it. And um, I can't wait to hear about your story. I can't wait to read about it. So thank you so much for giving us insight thank you yes for all my buddies out there i have one more favor to ask you before we end the show okay go be someone's buddy today all my buddies out there you know what to do we'll catch you all next time here on buddy cast <laughs> well the days are going fast buddy buddy we've got to make them last buddy buddy before